This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I guess this week it is back to our regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) And what I mean by that, if you have not had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, please, please, please do. Especially if you're someone who is wrestling with and working through fear because of this coronavirus. Uh, Last week we had Ariel, our worship leader, on just to talk about her life and just to talk about some of the fears that she's going through and that she's dealing with. And I was just really blown away by just her candidness. And we've already gotten compliments on the fact that it's probably one of the best podcasts that we had, that we've ever had. So again, I'm not offended by that. Ariel, if you keep coming on, we'll keep doing great podcasts. (laughs) But again, I've also enjoyed having Daniel on and having Stan on and We will be expanding our horizons and opening the door for other people to be a part of our podcast as well. I'm also looking forward to getting our other members of our staff on. We have Daniel's wife, Heather, who is also very wise and some great things to say. And then the other member of my staff, which happens to be my lovely and incredible wife, also has incredible amounts of wisdom, awesome things to say. My wife is my bouncing board. I go to her and and just kind of bounce ideas off of her. She has such incredible wisdom and insight and and so practical. I like to think of myself like I'm the visionary. Like I have all of these dreams and, and, and things I would love to accomplish and be able to do. And what my wife does, which is incredible, and I think that that's why God gave her to me, is she gives it and she makes it practical. Okay, Ken, if you want to accomplish this, what steps do you need to take? And so she's really practical in that way, efficient. You know, one of the things I also love about my wife is whatever she decides to do, she succeeds at. She's just amazing at whatever she does, at whatever she does. So I'm a blessed man to have her in my life. But when I talk about the idea of going back to our regularly scheduled programming is we have been doing this series called The Art of Neighboring. And again, last week, we just kind of took a break from that to wrestle with and and talk about fear and how do we go through that? How do we manage our fear because of the coronavirus? And and how are you doing? How are you doing amid just the challenges that comes with the coronavirus? How are you doing with self-quarantining or self-isolation or social distancing? It's amazing to me because last week and maybe not last week, but this weekend I've seen some pictures that really blow me away. Like, we're talking about social distancing, and yet they show in Florida, like, spring breakers. And you know in spring breakers, spring break, (laughs) it's not like one isolated. It is hundreds of college kids that are at the beach together. And that just really blows my mind. And then not only that, it's not just the East Coast, but Californians, We're guilty of it too. Yes, it is true that we are told that we can go out and go for a walk, but I don't think the intention is for us to kind of gather on the beach and all walk together (laughs) on the beach. We, We have to be careful. 
about it, but I do get it. I do get about wanting to get out of the house and go do something. I, I absolutely get that, and I can understand the need to do that because sometimes you feel like you're going stir crazy in your home. So I just want to encourage you, if you do take that step out, just just be wise. Just be wise about social distancing and, and just be wise about just where you find yourself. I, I went to a store last week, and I, I won't say the name of the store, but it rhymes with rest rye. <laughs> but I, I went to the store, and I was looking for this product. And so when I walked in, the thing that kind of blew my mind is I walk in, and normally I'm all for customer service. I think customer service is awesome. And so when I walk in, this is the first time I've actually had this experience at Best, at Best Buy where someone greets me at the door. They say, what is it that you need? I communicate what I need. And they say, hey, this guy will walk you to the aisle. I've never had that happen at Best Buy. And any other time, I would have loved it. <laughs> but right now, because of coronavirus and social distancing, I, I kind of didn't want to be walked to the aisle. I wanted to discover it myself or point me in the direction. Let me see if what I'm looking for is there. We get to the aisle and then what happens is the guy asks me, hey, what is it that you want? I don't see the product that you're looking for. Can you pull it up on your phone? So I pull it up on my phone and I hold my phone out to show the guy and he takes his finger and he scrolls my phone. And all of a sudden, it, it goes off in my mind, coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. Like, you know, the alarm's going off. And I'm like, um, hey, man, can you do me a favor and not touch my phone? At least that's how I tried to say it. It probably came out like, dude, don't touch my phone. <laughs> right? I was just shocked by that, and I went and talked to their management just to kind of encourage them to train their staff on how to handle things with COVID-19 for now. And again, I wasn't complaining because the guy is just trying to do a really good job. And, and, and normally, I would love what it was that he was doing. Normally, I would love that. And, and isn't it interesting how our mindsets and everything has changed when it comes to dealing with this virus? You know something else I've noticed about this virus? And, and, and maybe you've noticed it too. But something else I've noticed is how much I touch my freaking face. <laughs> right? Have you noticed it too? I, I didn't know. I didn't know how much I touched my face until I couldn't touch my face. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm aware of the fact that I touch my face. But usually, I don't realize that I'm touching my face until when? I'm touching my face. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, man, my hands are by my mouth. Oh, man, I rub my eye. Like, oh, man, I touch my... It is amazing how much I touch my face. Have, have you experienced that too? Am I the only one? Am I the only one who has come to this sudden realization? This sudden, sorry, realization? of how much I touch my face. <laughs> so what else? What about you? Are, are, are there some other things that you've noticed that you do that you wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't for this situation with the coronavirus? 
If so, I, w- I would love to hear from you. Send me an email. Send me some thoughts. You know, text me or just whatever it might be. You can go to our website. You can find my email address. It's encountercommunity.church. Look under staff. You see my email address there. You can also post on Facebook or Instagram. But I would, I would love, or you can message me there, but I would love to hear, like, what are some things that you've noticed that surprises you about yourself that you would have never noticed if it were not for, I, I guess, the, if it wasn't for, for the guidelines that has been given to us by the coronavirus? Well, I guess the, I guess that's, I guess the coronavirus didn't give us the guidelines, right? <laughs> the people trying to pre- prevent us from getting, I guess, the coronavirus, the guidelines that they've given us. But just, just what have you noticed? What have you noticed? Again, it's amazing how much things are changing. And, and I anticipate, I, I hope I'm wrong, but... You know, I've talked to some other people and I've done some reading and they anticipate the numbers maybe to go way up this week for people that have contracted the virus now that more testing is being done. And it's not that they didn't have it. It's just that now that we have the testing, we're able to catch it more. So uh, I just I just wonder about how is that going to affect us? Are we going to go on lockdown, like serious lockdown for two weeks? And, and how do we handle that? You know, how do we, how do we, how do we process that? And again, I, I think it's so important that even in the midst of this quarantining thing that we're going through, I think it's just that much more important to realize that we're not alone, that we're not alone in this, that we can get through this together. And, and let's just make the commitment to do so. Again, just as much as I have seen some of the most atrocious things from people because of the coronavirus and things that people do. Like there's, I saw a video of a guy who has been diagnosed and infected with the coronavirus out at Walmart. And he posted a video of himself of that. Blows my mind, blows my mind. But you know what, on the other side of that, I've seen some, some kindness, some kindness even given to my family. Like we had another family that, gave us toilet paper. God bless you. <laughs> but not only that, we had another family that we posted. We were like, hey, we are willing to buy Lysol. Just let us know you have an extra can. And this family said, hey, you know what? I have an extra can. Just take mine. I mean, just, just how sweet is that? I mean, how do you wrap your head around that? So just as I've seen the worst I've also seen the best in people. And here's what I want to encourage us to do. Let's use this opportunity that we have with the coronavirus to be our best. And one of the places that we can see that is in the way that we neighbor. How do we make a commitment to be the best neighbor that we can be? Again, we've been looking at Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, which stands, which, which says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And so what Jesus has done, what happens is Jesus is asked, what are the two greatest, or what is the greatest commandment? And what Jesus does is he takes the Ten Commandments, he takes all of the first five books of the Bible, all the laws, 
and everything. And he says all the laws and all of, of the prophets, he takes it all and he boils it down to these two statements. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And one of the things that we have been asking at Encounter is simply this. When it comes to loving your neighbor as yourself, what does it look like? What if, what if when God was asking us to do that, what if he meant it literally, to love our literal neighbor? Now, why is this so important? I think one of the things that we, we like to talk about a lot is, is seeing the world change, right? To see the world be a better place. You know, there's the, the John Mayer song, right? I keep waiting, waiting, waiting for the world to change, right? And sorry for that. Uh, for those of you that like singing, um, that was not singing. <laughs> but, you, but, but you know what I mean? We, we want to see change happen. And a lot of times what we associate with incredible, with, with change is we, we associate the incredible, right? We associate things like maybe mothers against drunk driving, something like that that's doing something incredible. We think about maybe the Red Cross is doing something that's really incredible, and we also think about the stories, like people that change the world. We think about the Mother Teresa's, and we think about Martin Luther King Jr. And we see these huge elements. And when we think about changing the world, we think about it like that. But what if, what if changing the world could look like this? That I walk next door, and I simply get to know my neighbor's name. What if it just looked like that? Because here's the thing, is we could change the tide of America and maybe even the world with just a little bit more kindness. And, and I think that this is what God is asking us to do and to practice, is to practice kindness. And what better opportunity do we have to do that than with the people who live right next door to us? I, I love this quote from the book, The Art of Neighboring, that I'm reading, it says, we don't value consistency. On the whole, we are convinced that we need to make a big splash to make a difference. That's That just being a good neighbor isn't that big a deal. So we think that we need to make the big splash. But no. Again, think about some of the greatest movements that starts with the smallest things. And Again, if you've listened to the podcast, you've probably heard me say this, and I will probably say it again, but just think about it. Like, a flood starts with what? A drop. A fire, a raging inferno starts with what? A spark. A tempest. The most incredible winds, a tornado. It starts with what? A breeze. A breeze. So the idea behind this is what if, I mean, just imagine this. What if those of us who were listening to this, and, and before I go further, I, I do want to say this. I'm blown away by the listeners that we have for our podcast. I was going back and I was just kind of checking because I hadn't checked in a while just to see how many subscribers are we up to. And you know that we're up to over 600 subscribers now. <laughs> so I, I'm just blown away by that. Little old me and this church in North Torrance just wanting to make a commitment to just encourage people. And now this podcast is 600 subscribers. So if you're one of them, I, I just want to say thank you. But how did it get there? 
one person at a time. Click in the button that says subscribe. One person at a time. Click in the button that says subscribe. I mean, that's, that's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, isn't that amazing? I mean, when you think about it that way. So I, I think it comes, I think it boils down to the same way around this world, too. What if we could get to a point where the good far outweighs the bad? Where, as a result of our commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to do the best that I can to be a good neighbor. I'm going to do the best I can to be a good neighbor. So why don't we start there? And I, I know for a lot of people, one of the greatest struggles is simply, how do I get started? How do I get to the point where I am able to be a good neighbor? I know. And I know one of the struggles that we've talked about is not having enough time. Again, in the book, The Art of Neighboring, it says we don't have enough time even though we prioritize. We aren't great at remembering names even though we write them down and try to remember. We don't love enough even though we're trying to be like Jesus. We feel as though we're being asked to manage an impossible task. Love our neighbors. Do our, small app, do our small efforts add up to anything? And the answer to that question is yes. Yes. Small acts of kindness can really change the culture of our neighborhood, the feel of our neighborhood, the kindness of our neighborhood. And then just think about this. If we begin a movement of kindness in our neighborhoods, and then our neighborhoods began to blend together, and there's a movement of kindness in our neighborhoods that blends together. Now we have a movement of kindness in our communities. And then let's say, for example, we began to build out and we start having a movement of kindness in our communities. Then when our communities get together, we have a, a movement of kindness in our city. And then let's say, for example, we have neighborhoods and communities that get together and now we have cities that come together. And then eventually what we can do is we will have a movement of kindness in our county. But how does it all start? It all starts with me and it all starts with you. It's just taking a step outside just to be kind. I talked about this on Sunday where I said there's a story in the Bible of Jesus and he's with his disciples and he's just finished teaching to thousands, thousands. The Bible says there are 5,000 men. Some people estimate there are as many as 15,000 people that were there. But Jesus had just finished speaking to thousands. And so the disciples say, hey, Jesus, you need to send these people away so they can go eat. And Jesus says, well, why don't you feed them? And they say, basically, Jesus, we don't have it. We could work jobs and it would take us months to try to get enough money to be able to feed all these people. It's impossible. But you know what happens? You know what happens when we forget who we're with? <laughs> and that's what the disciples did. They forgot who they were with. And so what happens is one of the reasons why sometimes we don't act on being great neighbors is because we look at ourselves, we look at our inefficiency, we look at our lack, and we think, I don't have it. But here's the beauty of this story. Jesus turns to the disciples and he says, okay, well, what do we have? And in John chapter 6, verse 9, it tells a little boy who has fish 
and bread. You know, he's, he's the one little boy who, as he walked out of his house, his mom said, boy, did you get your lunch? <laughs> he's that boy. He's the boy with his Lunchable. Because that's basically what it's equivalent to. It's a Lunchable. So then Jesus says, bring that to me. Jesus says, bring that to me. And with that, and here's exactly how it says in John chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So Jesus says, bring them to me. And then he begins to pray. And then he begins to pass it out. And I, I wonder... Because here's the question that, that, that should drive us, and the question is simply this. When did the multiplication happen? Because the Bible said that every single person that was there ate and ate till they were full. And then after they were full, they gathered all the leftovers, and they had baskets and baskets and baskets of food that were left over. How is that possible? And the question is, when, when did the multiplication start? And I think it started when that boy gave his food to the disciples and the disciples gave it to Jesus. The multiplication didn't happen until what was owned was surrendered. Let me say that again. The multiplication didn't happen until what was owned was surrendered. So then here's my encouragement is rather than looking at what we don't have and how we're not qualified and, and, and whatever fears we might have, rather than looking for reasons why we should not be good neighbors, why don't we take what it is that we have and begin to be good neighbors that way? I love this quote again in The Art of Neighboring. It says, when you give away what you have, Jesus will give you more to give. Even if what you have isn't enough to solve the problem, just do what you can in the moment. Give it anyway. Give it anyway. So just start small. Just start small. I, I'm thinking about, like, even right now with the coronavirus and, and things that are going on with it, there's an opportunity now to be a good neighbor more than ever. Like the, the prime is pumped for us to be good neighbors to those who we have an opportunity to come across in our lives. The prime is pumped right now. And so one of the ways that you can do that, here's, here's an example of what we did, is we, had, we made a card for our neighborhood and on the card, it just said, are you quarantining? Are you social distancing? Are you self-isolating? And are you in a situation where you cannot go out? Then we said, here is our number. And so we put my wife's number on there. We put my, my, my phone number on there. And we said, we are your neighbors. We live at, and we put our address on there. And we gave a description of our home because there's a unique feature at our home where if you live in our neighborhood, you'll know exactly where our home is and what's exactly the one that we're talking about. And we said this, if you are stuck in your home, just let us know. And then what we will do is we'll go out. If you need us to pick up medication for you, we'll do that. If you need us to run to the store for you, we'll do that. 
whatever it is that you need, just let us know. And then on there, we said we will practice social distancing. So we, we will be safe. And what we'll do is we'll call you or text you and we'll let you know that your item is on your porch. And that way you can come out and you can, you can grab it, but it will be there for you. It's, it's a small act. And for those of you that are interested in doing that, what I'll do is I will make the link for this available uh, for this card. I'll make it available on our website later. And then you can go through and you can pick it up again, encountercommunity.church. And then if you actually go to a podcast and then if you click the link for this podcast, then what will happen is it'll be there and we'll figure out how to be able to get that to you. But it's just a great way for us to take a step to show love to our neighbor. How about this? How about this? If you have an abundance, let's say you were one of those people that went out and just went hog wild buying toilet paper. No judgment on that. You know, a lot of people did. But just imagine if you created a care package and just said, hey, here's my name. Here's my phone number. And then you went to your neighbors and you gave them a care package. And maybe in the care package, you had some toilet paper rolls, you had hand sanitizer, you had latex gloves, uh, and then you put that and you gave that to your neighbors and put, the, put it on their porch. Just, again, small acts, but how much would, your, would that endure you to your neighbors? How much would your neighbors love that? Let's just make a commitment. Let's just start with kindness, and kindness doesn't have to be huge. Now, once this social distancing thing is done and we're over the coronavirus, now, are there other things we could do? Absolutely. Maybe bake some cookies. And if you're thinking, well, Ken, I can't bake to save my life, then you know what you could do is you can go to Ralph's and get pre-made cookies where all you have to do is put them in the oven at 350 degrees for 12 minutes. <laughs> and then what you do, put those in bags, pass them out to your neighbors, but just be kind. If you are someone who watches sports, maybe if you have like, if you are someone with the, with the man cave set up in your, in your garage, then maybe what you could do is when there's a big sporting event going on, invite your neighbors to come and to be a part of it and to experience it and watch it right along with them. But begin to look for ways that you could be able to connect. Or here's, the, here's the thing that we're, we're thinking about doing is once this whole... Um, once this whole social distancing thing is done, uh, we're thinking about pulling our fire pit out to our front yard and just passing out flyers to our neighbor that say, hey, social distancing is done. We are over the coronavirus. Come over to our house for s'mores. <laughs> and when our neighbors get there, then maybe what we'll do is we'll pass out name tags and stuff like that so that we can be able to get to know one another. And then not only that, maybe from there, we will look at things to gather our neighbors together. Maybe we'll start a neighborhood watch. Uh, maybe we'll do a block party. We'll work together with our neighbors to do that. And it's not like we have to do it all the time, but we'll look for ways to be able to connect and just build a reliance. And then who knows, maybe one of the things that can come out of this is what if we create like an emergency contact list? And so what can happen, our contact sheet with all the neighbors' names and phone numbers on there. And then when something comes up, if I see someone going into someone's house that doesn't look like they should be there, I can give them a call and say, hey, there's this person in front of your house. Do you know who they are? So we can, we can be able to watch out for one another that way. Or if our neighbor's going through something and they need help, they can call us or we can call them. And we can begin, again, to build this community of connection within our 
neighborhood. But it can, it just starts, it just starts with small things. Small things begin, can begin to build an incredible momentum. And, and once you get started, don't give up. Don't give up. Because it, it may take time to build the momentum of connection and, and community in your neighborhood. So keep pressing forth. Don't give up. And eventually things will happen. It will, it will work out. But just start with the small steps. Just start with being practical. And that was one of the things that we said two weeks ago when we talked about this, this talk is we said that we're going to look at being very real and very practical in how we can take steps to be able to show love to our neighbor. Now, I, I want to take a moment to specifically talk to those who are Christians who might be listening to this. And again, I want to make this really clear. This is not an evangelism strategy. This is not an evangelism strategy. Because you know what evangelism kind of feels like in many cases? I remember when I used to work at the Galleria Mall. I worked at a store there called Lectors. It's not around anymore. It's, it's gone out of business since then. But I worked at a store called Lectors. It was a houseware store. And, and so, you know, we sold the plates and knives and spoons and place settings. And we also show, sold gadgets and, you know, ice cream makers, coffee makers. I mean, we, we sold the whole deal. And one of the things that we were responsible for is to try to communicate to the client how they needed what it is that they needed. And it was almost like uh, taking no was not an option. Like taking the answer no was not an option. Like, like you had to make the sale because again, you wanted to be able to get the sale, right? You, there, there was a part of it where we were on commission, but there was a part of it where we were salaried. But the commission wasn't huge or anything like that. Really, it was bonuses. What we would get is when we sold so much, we would get bonuses kind of thing. But again, the motivation behind that was simply, you know, you got to sell, 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 you got to sell. And really, in selling, no wasn't an option, right? You had to convince the customer, you had to convince the client, you really need this. And I'll tell you one of the best tools that we used to convince a client that they really needed it. Let me tell you the best tool that we used. We used a bread maker. That's right. We used a bread maker and we made bread. And the smell of bread would be wafting through our store and people would walk in and they would smell it. And their first thought is, oh man, what is that? And then we would also hand out samples of that bread and it was warm and it was fresh. And it just, it, when you bit into it, it melted into, now you want bread, right? <laughs> but when you, when you bit into it, it melted in your mouth. And let me tell you how many bread makers we sold using that technique. Here's what I mean. I, I say all that to say this. You know what sales is really about? It's about manipulation. Net, let me manipulate you and convince you that you want what it is that I have. Now, why do I say all of that? Because I, I think sometimes evangelism feels that way. Like I have to sell Jesus to you. I have to convince you. 
And no, it's not an option. As a matter of fact, there is that pressure. Like once I start talking to you about Jesus, like you have to make the decision right now because what if after this conversation you died and if you died and you went to hell and you couldn't, you could have not gone to hell if you would have said yes to Jesus when you were talking. Like there's this pressure, right? That you have to make the decision right here, right now, because you don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. And there's pressure, 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 pressure. I love this quote from The Art of Neighboring. It says, people always needed to decide today. The offer was only good for a limited time. The price was going to go up soon. Quantities were limited. Isn't that the, isn't that the case? Isn't that what it feels like? And so we put this pressure on, like, you have to make this decision right now to follow Jesus. And there is, again, this pressure. And let me tell you, if you are, if you are creating that kind of pressure, and if you're feeling that kind of pressure, let me tell you, you're not going to make a great neighbor. <laughs> you're not. Because all you're going to do is try to convince them that they need to believe in Jesus. It's not motivated by love. It's motivated by this pressure that I have to convince you to live like I live. And then, not only that, imagine this pressure that we feel, and now we feel that I have to be able to effectively argue people into the kingdom. So, so now, not only is there is pressure to make sure the, the, the recipient hears what I have to say, but now there's also pressure on me as the presenter to make sure that I present Jesus in such a way that you're able to receive it or receive him. So what if we were able to alleviate that pressure by just simply Loving our neighbor. Now you may say, well, well, Ken, does that mean that I don't talk to my neighbor about Jesus? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Because there are ways it can naturally happen in conversation where I don't have to force it. When I come home and the neighbor says, hey, I notice on Sundays that you're always gone. Do you go to church? Yeah, I go to church. Boom. Conversation there. When, when your neighbor says, you know, I've noticed that you're really kind to me. Well, you can say, you know what? I was listening to this podcast. I'm someone who's decided to follow Jesus. I was listening to this podcast. I was motivated by it. And, and I realized I just want to be a more loving person like Jesus is. Boom. You know how powerful that is? You know how powerful that is? Where the conversations about Jesus now become organic and real. And you also realize, like, I don't have to convince you to follow Jesus today. I'm your neighbor. I'm going to be here. You're going to be here. There are going to be other opportunities to be able to hang out and, and talk. And, and so with this, I, I want to make this really clear that you're deciding to become a good neighbor. is not some bait and switch thing. It's not that I tried to convince you to believe. I, I, it's not that I, I'm trying to be nice to you to switch you so I can talk to you about Jesus. No, I'm just loving you for the sake of loving you. And then I'm just hoping that maybe as we are going through life together, I'm just hoping that maybe one day I'll be able to have this conversation with you about Jesus and about who he is. And, and I do it in such a way, like I said before, that just comes up naturally in conversation. When you ask what I do, when you ask what I believe in, when you ask my story, and, I, and we begin to talk about our stories and, and who we are. 
And now there's not that pressure. And, and we don't have to argue about Jesus. I'm not trying to convince you to believe. Hey, I'm just telling my story. You tell your story. Our stories connect. Our stories intertwine. It's just a natural conversation. I, I saw this quote in The Art of Neighboring, and I loved it. It says, we don't love our neighbors to convert them. We love our neighbors because we are converted. Let me say that again. You might even want to write that down. <laughs> we don't love our neighbors to convert them. We love our neighbors because we are converted. Absolutely. Love, love, love that. Love that. So again, what is the goal? The goal is to move from stranger to acquaintance to friends. Stranger to acquaintance to friends. And we're trying to build this connection and this relationship. And, and again, my goal isn't to share Jesus with you. My goal is just to love you. It's just to be kind. And who knows, in that kindness, maybe the door will open for gospel conversations. But that's not my purpose for doing it. I, I really do hope that we get this. And I really do hope that we will take the step outside of our doors so that we can begin to connect and build relationships with others. So with this, again, I want to encourage you that to head over to our website so that you can download the card. You'll also notice there's going to be some other downloads available for you. Uh, one will be like, if you decide you want to do a block party with your neighborhood, how do you plan a block party? Uh, we're going to have a handout for that. And again, if you're looking at how do I just get started with being able to connect and just be available for my neighbors, where do I get started at? We'll have a link for that as well. But I really do hope that this will stem the tide of just disconnection that's happening in our society. And it's interesting that in this moment where we are being motivated to practice social distancing, that it's revealing that there's a greater need for connection now more than ever. So let's look at how can we be able to connect while practicing social distancing, but then when this quarantining situation is over, when we move beyond that we can begin to come together in ways that we never thought or imagined were possible. And we're seeing lives change because of it. And our life will change because of it. And our life will change because of it. So let's make the commitment to go out and be good neighbors. So again, what are the two nuggets? The two nuggets are simply this. Go ahead and start small. Just start small. Just start with what you have. And the second nugget is this, is love just for the sake of loving. To love and be kind just for the sake of loving and being kind. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and listening. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. If so, go ahead and if you could rate us and review us, uh, that would be great on whatever platform it is that you listen to. And again, as I always say, if you would not give us a five star, please tell me why. Email me, let me know why, so that we can continue to increase the quality of what it is that we do. And next week, we're beginning a brand new series 
Because again, one of the things I've realized that we really need in our community right now is hope. How do you have hope in the midst of a hopeless situation when we're facing an enemy, a physical enemy in the coronavirus and COVID-19, when we are facing this ominous enemy and it just seems to be coming ever present? How do we have hope in the midst of that? And then not only that, it's not just the enemy that we're facing, right? It's our finances. It's the fallout from all of that. How do we, how do we, how do we get to a point where we see ourselves being able to just move forward? I I read something the other day that the statistics of people that are now claiming unemployment are astronomical. So what do we do? What what do we do with that? How do we have hope? So that's what we're going to talk about in this new series that we're going to be doing at Encounter. Again, uh, if you're looking for hope, you can check out our live stream on Sunday at 10.30 a.m., but then also we'll have the podcast next week. And again, just a reminder that Encounter is about three things. Love up, being madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, loving our neighbors ourselves. And let's actually do that. Let's love our neighbor and start a neighboring movement wherever we live. And then love in. Hey, let's take care of ourselves. Take care of yourself. Do what you need to do to protect yourself against the coronavirus. And again, if you are sick, stay in. Even if you don't know if it's the coronavirus or not, just stay in, get healthy, get better, so that again, we can all be able to protect one another. Well, thank you so much. God bless you. And we'll be with you once again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.